Warning. The following content contains sounds. It has been shown that some sapiens of the Homo have episodic memory towards some sounds. Therefore, forming a bad reaction to certain sounds. Nevertheless, the sounds we use are only to mock actions and notions, which are, of course, ridiculous. We are not mocking the people who have them. No, no, no. Because you know in time, you may change what you do and change what you think. Having said that, this is correlation sensation. A show where I talk about your mother's mammalian protuberances. Yes, yes. They come in all sorts of shapes, colors and textures and smells. But of course, we will proceed to something more important. that smell oh baby can you tell episode 58 ooh, ooh, ooh. what is that oh coming from your rump it looks like brown it's a 58 wait wait a second it's a 59 oh my son covid mess with my memory goddamn bastard well, I coughed up the goofball. He came out on Saturday. That's the magical number they now arbitrarily gave for this disease ten days after getting symptoms. Ugh. They don't know. I tell you what. What's the authority mean? They change their minds all the time. Why you rely on authority is uh, beyond me. Crazy-ass sapiens of the homo. And I hope... Not for too long, the one called the Squirrel Hunter shall receive his first package, official documentation for his job title, including a nice shirt signed by all three of us. We're going to call John Papanito, blah, 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 blah. Poodly do, skilly wop, whopping on you. Bibidi bo bo, bibida ha ha, skilly doobidi do, bobo do bo do. Bully doodly 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 wop. Oh no. John Papanito, oh, you turn on my booty, I'll bottle whoppity do. Come on, pick up the phone. What are you doing? You are heavily masturbating. Void. Void. Pick up. Void.
wide, 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 wide. Oh, I got a message. I wonder what Your kind of excuse this is. Huh? You don't even deserve a message. No voicemail from me. You don't even deserve my words. Words cannot describe how upsetting I am except those very words I said. Yes, very, very, very mad of me. Oh, Oh, I'm going to get you. Bah! Fooey! On the rambooey dooey hooey dooey. Pooey. Wackity. What am I doing here? Oh, yeah. So, work fine. COVID, uh, just my little bitch. Yes. Yes, mine. And I'm going to release him again. He decided to come and infiltrate my body. Because I already shipped out all my uh, fecal samples for Captain Grouch Gobbler. Corona likes to roll around in them and try to evolve based on whatever I have inside those nasty turd goblins. What the hell? Let me try giving John Papa Nito one more call. John Papa Nito? Your face looks like a camel toe. Oh, this a son of a bitch. What is he doing? Oh, my God. John Papanito. What are you be? Hoogadee, boogadee, do be. Do be do do. Yeah, very serious. Very serious, and no one could ever question the seriousness of that message. What are you, hookity boogity doogity boogity boo do do? No, what are you, hookity boogity dooby dooby do do? Yes, dooby dooby do. Dooby dooby do do. Fuck. Damn motherfucker. I am going on. Going on where the whole bags. Back to what we should be covering. The most important one so far. Not really. Leonardo da Vinci. What we do here? Leonardo da Vinci was a bastard. Did you know that? Hmm? Oh, what was that, John Papanito? Hey. You sound just like Void. Void, do you have anything to say? Cool. Oh. Born from a sapien of the Homo Hussey, and his daddy, who wasn't faithful to his wife, his dad was named Sir Piero Jr. Whoa. On April 15th, in 1452 is when this bastard popped out of his whore mother. His hussy, homewrecker, son of a bitch. According to the Big Black Car, I mean BBC, documentary, on the tube of you, Sir Piero Jr. was a notary, while a BBC article I read claimed him to have been a lawyer 
for the Medici family as a part of the government in Florence. There is a difference in these two, if you did not notice, for not only the title, a notary is not capable of representing a client in court, while a lawyer, that's his whole purpose. Unless if he's one of those weird lawyers, you know, those paper pushers. Now, Da Vinci is actually a term for of Vinci. What? Ooh, uh, what the hell would you have your last name that? Well, apparently, their last name system was a little bit different from nowadays. Because Vinci is a town on the west part of Florence. Ooh, where the family is said to have traveled for the summer as an escape from the summer heat. When they beat their meat in Florence. In the place where Da Vinci family had inherited land. Ooh, very rich of Pompey Bompies. Florence wasn't the most pleasant town in Italy, by the way, for it had been some sort of a buffer zone. Whoa, whoa, I mean, Vinci wasn't the most pleasant of town in Italy, for it had been some sort of a buffer zone between Florence and many of Florence's enemies. An example of this, in some little sample I got for free online from a book. Yeah, you ever read those? What's that? What's that job, Apenito? Oh, I say something funny. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, ha, 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 I'm funny. What's that, Void? Cool. Bastards. Where was I? Oh, an example is that in the 1320s, a male sapien of the homo named Castruccio Catra, Castruccio Castracini, and this is Italian for castrator of dogs, Woof. who was also considered to be a strong man for the one named Lucchese, camped just below the town of Vinci. Whoa, just below the town, like underneath the ground? No, just below the walls of the town. Okay, maybe Vinci is on the hills or mountains. Anyways, this castrator of dogs, I guess he liked eating balls, was there for six years, six whole years. Yes, six, that's six, 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 six. The number of the beast. That's a long time to castrate some dogs, if you ask me. Now think about it. Who do you know in your life you think would have enjoyed sitting underneath the town's walls, blocking entry and what have you, being belligerent, castrating dogs for fun, perhaps playing around with them, teabagging your friends with them, playing hopscotch, maybe hacky sack with a pair of testicles from dogs, or perhaps they meant dogs were humans. Do you think they meant the ones that they did not like they called dogs? Like bitches? Ooh. Back to topic. As a bastard, Leonardo da Vinci was not allowed to partake in the normal family things, such as becoming another one involved in law. Now, since the end of the 13th centuries, 13th century, it's claimed that Florence was a city that was governed by guilds in town. From the tube of you video I saw. Uh -huh. 
the narrative in this tube of you video claims that Leonardo saw a way to gain some sort of respect by attempting to become part of a guild. Even then, the mere act of becoming a part of any guild, even an art one, meant that he had to get some help from his daddy's friend. Oh, poor Vinci. He's a cheating daddy made da Vinci. Oh. So, Leonardo did this. Oh, it wasn't easy. <coughs> he wound up becoming one underneath the tutelage of the ape man called Andrea del Verruccio. Now, the only type of education before this was that Leonardo had a basic reading, writing, and arithmetic. Okie dokie. In his twenties, Leonardo is said to have studied underneath Verruccio. This art guild is said to have been not only where painting and sculpting took place, but an institution where artists were encouraged to either perform or watch dissections or autopsies. Blech. Where they took place so they could understand anatomy for their artistic renditions. Yes, yes. I'm just watching this for my education. I'm not enjoying this one bit. Along with the now allowed by government dissections, engineering was a focus of the guild. This is because during this time, inventing or perfecting primal warfare tools was in high importance. And also, when you cast your own bronze sculptures and cannons and ceramics and canvases and whatever that are huge, you need to engineer something to carry it up. There was also marble and clay sculptures, too. Oh. While there, Leo the Nardo was around a two-ton ball made to appear like a globe and was meant to be placed on top of a building, where the artists were required to figure out engineering in order to place this big, huge ball made out of an amalgam of copper and mercury. It was a structure sitting on top of a building's dome. This is one of Verruccio's most infamous works. And here I spent so much time in the public education system, not knowing anything about Verruccio's ball. Then we hop a doodly down to 1471, where Verruccio and his students were invited to make their art for Damadabahubado, their art for the Medici family, where there would be a visit from the Duke of Milan, or from the Sforza family. Noted is that the Duke was a man without a pedigree. Ooh, like the dog food? Yeah. Well, maybe he's not the castrator of dogs. He was much like Leonardo in this aspect, by the way. This is believed to have been an inspiration for Leonardo to reach for more than what he has already had, which was to actually get inside of a guild which is not normally one which would hold a bastard. 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 Speaking of bastard, let me see if that a bastard John the Papa Nito Blowhole. What did you say? Sorry. I forgot. I'm showing my house. When you done? 
if he's willing to record later, I might just have him on. But for now, be gone. Bastard. A little background into the Dukies family was that the family came from mere mercenaries, which were then married up in the political world. Also noted is that Leonardo had already been distinguished from the rest of his fellow students in this guild underneath Verruccio. I need to get a drink. Ah, wetting my palate. In 1472, Leonardo completed his apprenticeship, where he officially became a member of the guild itself, not just a mere student. This was considered a large step for the human being, where he was able to do commissions on his own. But something kept him from doing that. Something kept him to stay there. He spent more time to learn, working underneath Ferruccio. Perhaps he wanted to learn more to prove his own abilities to himself. Some speculate that he was a loyal boy to his teacher and master, Ferruccio. During this, Leonardo's work became so well known that his name came across the Medici family themselves, who ruled over Florence because they were bankers. Nothing new there. In 1473, what is publicly known to be Leonardo's first surviving painting, called The Landscape of the Arno Valley, where Bajibus was there. And Bajibus's into Bajibus's left on the painting was a, how you say, lifelike human expression of some angels. Ooh, indeed pretty. Nice little figments of your imagination. This is mentioned because the narrative states that this is where Verruccio decided to never, ever paint again, and where Leonardo officially succeeded from his master. Once 1476 came around, a month prior to his birthday, on the March 15th, by the way, Leo Leonardo, along with three other peers of his, were accused of the heinous crime of sodomy. I don't think it's supposed to be heinous. Heinous, yes, heinous, yes. The Big Black Cock, I mean, the BBC documentary stated that he was accused of sodomy of a 17-year-old male saving of the homo prostitute. Whether or not Leonardo did this, there was a very reputable-sounding website called artsy.net. Yeah, it sounds really reputable. Had it communicated that little stigma was usually applied to those who had this sort of circumstance, mm. with little action usually occurred. Then, a uh, BBC documentary claimed that the people were commonly put to death on the second time they were accused of such. And it was usually burning. Burning, by the way. Burn. Burn, burn, burn. Burn for the booty. You burn, burn, burn. Uh, uh. I don't know why I'm singing about this. Very sad times. Unless... It was not consensual. Some people apparently disagree because, you know, the BBC documentary. Then there was this book on Audible called Leonardo da Vinci, written by Walter Isaacson. Claims that not only this happened, but he had a little child work for him nicknamed Little Devil in Italian. Uh. Said I. 
was the name, who was speculated to be uh, Leo Leonardo's boy toy. I think that there's also people that discredit this idea. We don't know. And I bet you there will never be an answer. We can speculate all we want, believe what we want, but the most logical thing to do is say, well, I don't know. And holy believing and documents disregards the common propensity of many men to assume more than that they know. So, even though we have no idea, you can believe what you want. Well, that's kind of like a lot of people. Especially nowadays. They think they know more than they do. And then they speak like they know more than they do. Without listening to people who've read information that contradicts what they said. Which is newer information explaining exactly why the methodology of many studies are wrong. Which is why you cannot blow me. Except you. You there with the grain and jewel dripping down your mouth. That's me. Because I can't reach it. Okay, maybe I can. Just a tip. What? Who is that? Nobody. Now, for another topic. The Nardtard Leo had written in his notebook that he was a man of little letters. For experience was his mistress. Okay. He was willing to think what he wanted, regardless of common societal beliefs. Oh boy, this is not looking good for you, buddy. At least my correlation sensation has me thinking that. This may include his desire for doing something. We don't know what he did. But I think of it as something he could, he used to apply to his understanding of reality, not so much on sticking, you know, what and where. Not that it's bad, it's just, you know, whether or not he did it. And whether or not it was a young little kid. Only through experimentation can a sapien of the homo properly understand their environment. Which is what I think Leonardo truly meant. Which is a thing that also has been held back by many sapiens of the homo throughout history. Because, you know... A lot of people have their episodic memories in place and uh, cling to it as if it's something that they need to survive. And it must be right. Thank you, thank you very much, primal ape man. Because of Leonardo's name recognition, respect, and work that many people liked, it's reasonable to believe that this was only a rumor designed to ruin his reputation. Even though the very reputable-sounding uh, website artsy.net claims that it rarely ever impacted anybody's reputation, even though it was a crime punishable by burning if you get caught the second time or accused the second time. Then again, thinking about how the most authoritative website artsy.net said that makes me think, maybe he didn't do it. Whatever it was, Leonardo... The Nardi Nodo Boblo Toho had a connection with the Medici family, where one of the peers that was also accused knew them. Whoa. So they were let off on the condition that nobody else come forward. And 
What's kind of interesting is nobody came for it when the court came. Could be fishy, but there are speculation. Perhaps Medici took care of those guys. He's like, I love these artists. Let them do what they do. Yet going back to another topic, away from sodomy altogether, but back towards his notebook once again. Leonardo refused to be a tomb for other creatures, refusing to eat the meat. They were so special due to their capabilities of showing people how reality flows, the mechanical features of animals, along with the flow of water and clouds, the casting of shadows with light, and the canvases with the shadows on them, along with other parts of his surroundings. Perhaps he shouldn't have drank water then, since he was so special. Pah! And yet he was still fascinated with warfare engineering in his later years. You don't want to be a tomb for the knowledgeable water, Leonardo. That's right. When it came to light and shadow, Leonardo expressed that nothing could be recognized without the light. Where it traveled into the eyes. Dubbed the window into the human soul by Leonardo da Vinci. Okay. Leo Leonardo is thought to have become a master of his own soon-to-fail business when he was 26 in 1478. What also occurred was Pope Sictus IV. Wow. What an interesting name. Pope Sictus IV desired to expand the Roman Empire into the Medici territory. He's in that mass. On Easter in uh, 1478, the Medici went to church like a good Christian people in their special places. Oh, right in front of the leader who was uh, commanded by the Pope himself. Oh, the irony. Because across the aisle from uh, the Medici people was a henchman for the Pope. And, uh, he was also an opposing banker family member to the Medicis, called the Pazzis. Oh, his name was Francesco de Pazzi, which was pizza with the I and the A switched around. Well, his name was really close to being delicious. Anyways, if you disagree with that statement, I have nothing to say to you. Go away. Except you. Yeah, you. You can stay. As long as you don't like eating pineapples and ham together without being on pizza. Because that's not arbitrary at all. It's scientifically proven to be unfavorable. You're, you're into BTSM if you like eating pineapple and ham. And that makes 100% sense. Yes. I wonder what the Void is doing right now. Do you think his head got stuck in his belly button? I bet you he did. It's like those people who like to get engaged earrings. You know, once you start, it starts becoming satisfying. And you want to stretch it more, stretch more. It's like those gaping videos. Some of those girls want to prolapse. I doubt that. I think that they're in a pretty shitty situation. 
Unless if they really are masochistic. Anyways, Giuliano de' Medici was stabbed to death 19 times. That's all? You didn't have shit on the one named George Harrison who was stabbed 40 times and survived. Maybe George Harrison had, a, had been stabbed by a tiny knife. By a dwarf. Midget? Little person. What's the right term? What? Well, you all know what I meant. Anywho's, the brother of Giuliano, Medici, was only wounded and escaped by a hair on his chinny-chin-chin ballsack. Even though the holy guacamole pope was behind the Patsy family, the Medici supporters wound up executing both Francesco and his uh, conspirator, the Archbishop of Pisa, with hangings, publicly dragging them through the streets, having food tossed at them after they were killed. Do you think they would want to have thrown food at them before they got killed? Then their bodies were chopped into pieces. Okay. All done without a trial, by the way. Weeks later, Bernardo, Baron, Charlie, how do we know if he really did it? You don't. It's a story. It's story time, children. Story time, children. So, they also, weeks later, got the one named Bernardo Boroncelli, who was believed to have done the stabbing of Giuliano Medici himself, which was not mentioned in the beginning portion of this part of the story in the BBC documentary on the tube of you. He was hung, or hanged, yeah, he could have been well hung, you know, in front of a crowd. Ooh, voyeurism. Leonardo was there to witness this execution, and also, of course, to draw it with a written description, you know, with the name of the individual and the clothes he wore. I could imagine it now. This person, he wore clothes, and they were shredded. And his boner was a popping, I mean, his genitalia was a popping through. And feces was dripping from his anus. Because it seems that everybody has feces dripping from their anus after they die. Because they no longer have neurological control over their, any of their muscles. So, whatever they ate, they decided to evacuate the bowels. Yeah, that's probably an exact quote. Even though I didn't even bother reading any pictures of Da Vinci's notebook because I don't speak Italian and I don't want to put the mirror up to the notebook to read it. What's that? What's that comment about the mirror? Oh, I don't know. You want to learn more? Back to topic. What is this? Oh, spam. Dismiss. What you pop up on here? Oh, more spam. Dismiss. We see here, ah, uh, more mail. God damn. We see here the man they call the Renaissance. Renaissance, the great rebirth of learning. For there was a larger interest in the ancient Greek and Roman history. The word Renaissance is actually French, and it's a word that means rebirth. Renaissance, ha, ha, ha. This is a great experience not to learn. For Lorenzo was excommunicated from Florence. He should have learned that 
you get excommunicated when you piss off the Pope. Or the ruler, even though the Pope didn't directly rule over Medici's land. No, no, no. He had to do it forcefully. The Pope had an army, and Lorenzo did too. I think it's the mercenaries. I didn't write that down, but I'm pretty sure Lorenzo had the mercenary army. And probably the Pope paid off his army men too. So they had an epic battle for power, and Lorenzo lost to the fourth Sixtus Pope. The sexy Sixtus Fourth Pope. Poopy Pope, poop poop. In the 1479, for some reason, Leo Leonardo Sapien of the Homo was arrested once again for sodomy. Whoa ho ho, imagine that. Perhaps this wars was due to his connection to the Medici family, now that they have been excommunicated, and he was no longer protected from them, or by them. Perhaps not. Perhaps he actually did do the sodomy. This is said by BBC to have uh, been damaging to his reputation, even though Archie.net, you know, makes it clear that this is not what happened back in the day. No, no, no. Nothing to see here. Now, all these documents that have come up and the uh, people who read them don't know what they're talking about. It's all a fairy tale, just like fossil records of dinosaurs. What are those? I don't know. Some, some sculptor made them a long time ago and now we found them. Yeah. King Ferdinand of Naples, the Naples, Naples to Naples, was the leader of the Roman forces. Lorenzo then made a risky move by speaking to the king named Ferdinand in an attempt to persuade him to focus on the Ottoman Empire for the Christians were fearful of the Muslim realm. Ooh. Lorenzo was arrested and kept locked up while the king, Ferdinand, thought about unifying rather than fighting with the Medici family in the Florence. Oh, I got the call. Where, where, where? He's a jump up and they all here looking for Gork. Gork is right here. He's a Gork. Oh, this is good. Jump up and they all. He did not hear find a Gork. He did. He found a Gork. Oh, yeah. Gork tried to find John Papanito, but, uh, you know. John Papanito, he made a mistake. He, uh, he's here now. He yeah. Had, you know. That's better than Void. We have a Void of the Void again. It happens, you know, he's an innocent Void. Yeah, I even asked Void, what's up? And he said, uh, that's good. Why? <laughs> no, he didn't even say that much. That's not right. He's a void. The void, the he's a talker, that one. He's always talking so much. Yeah. So, guess what I'm doing? Uh, don't want to, because it's a creepy, probably. I'm talking about Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, he's a good one, you know. He can do a lot of things that a lot of people know about. Yeah. He's not really a scare like how some of these other people you're talking about. Yeah, Except for Chuck Norris. Yeah. Chuck Norris, he's a famous. Almost, you know, twice the famous as Leonardo da Vinci. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Anything else to say about 
the Norris of Chalk. You are broken up with that, boss. I said anything else about the Chuck of Norris? And don't have it all. When he has said something, he has said it later. Okie dokie. So, I've already covered Leonardo being a bastard. Leonardo doing some landscape of the Arno Valley with Bejebus and the famous angel that made Ferruccio quit painting. Well, you know, it's okay to do it for money. Yeah. But this was before he actually became his own master and started his own commissions. But he probably did get paid. And then I also covered how uh, Da Vinci was, uh, you know, arrested twice for sodomy. And then I covered the story of Pope Sixus wanting to, uh, you know, expand the Roman Empire into uh, Florence. And uh, screwing over the Medici family and killing one of the Medici kids. It's okay. Sometimes the people just gotta die. Meow. And then uh, the Pope Sixus the Fourth. Yeah, I like that name, Sixus the Fourth. His name was a Sixtieth or Fourth. That's a, almost like a sixty-nine. Meow. Maybe he did it with a chair. Or with an animal, like a Leonardo. Leonardo did it with an animal? You said a sodomy. Didn't say, well, I mean a human, yeah. I guess that is an animal. Anywho, I went to the part where... Watch, where was I? I went to the part where Lorenzo Medici was arrested after talking to King Ferdinand, trying to unify Italy against the... Uh, Oogity-boogity Ottoman Empire for they are a Muslim. You know, Ottoman, you put your feet on them. You put your feet on a Muslim too? You know, I wouldn't dare do that. It might blow up on me. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, kind of funny how an Ottoman got named Ottoman. Almost like a disrespectful term. Maybe it's because they invented. Huh, maybe, but why would you invent something that you're going to put your feet on? Well, maybe it wasn't their fault. Maybe they invented it, and then everybody else just started calling it an art. Wow, that's kind of a stuck. That's kind of an interesting one. So anyways, Lorenzo comes back successfully after more than three months with his endeavor talking to uh, this King Ferdinand dude. Wikipedia claims that Lorenzo would then be called Lorenzo the Magnificent. This is important because while all this great stuff went down, Leonardo began to sketch out engineering concepts for warfare defenses and offenses. There was no mention of how Leonardo left the jail that BBC documentary had mentioned, or on Wikipedia for his 1479 arrest. So I don't know what really happened there. As a matter of fact, reading Wikipedia 
in watching the documentary, you could see some contradictions surrounding this area of Leonardo da Vinci's life. In 1481, Leonardo was commissioned for a painting for the church of San Donato in Scopieto. Wikipedia claimed this is when Leonardo skipped town, like you do when you want to get out of a, a contract and travel to Milan with a gift from Lorenzo Medici for the regent ruler of Milan, who was the acting dookie pants, Ludovico Sforza. In the 14... Huh? Yeah. Wait, what'd you say? He's a crazy. He's a more interesting uh, this guy than all the other guys we talk about. I'm glad you like it. Hopefully we get more downloads. We've been getting more since I started the tick of talk. That's I, creepy. I did a disturbed uh, song, Get Down With This Sickness, with Corona, since I got the COVID. And I did uh, one telling everybody that we're all sapiens of the homo. And another one. And then I did a sexy dance. You know, they have thirst videos on there. So Gork, Gork had to do a sexy dance for the people. Shaking his balls. I mean, my ninjas. Void, is that you? <coughs> oh, you sound ill, Void. <coughs> I guess licking Void's doorknobs worked. Yeah, you kind of sound like a phone vibrating, getting a call. Doesn't jump up on the all sound just like a void? Yeah, kind of. Oh, wait, wait. That's a gross. That was him farting. In 1482, Leonardo sent a letter, according to the BBC documentary, to Dookie Bands. This letter was describing an engineering prowess, with little side note at the end saying that he was also a painter and sculptor too. To me, this appears that Leonardo was attempting to get out of the mundane workshop, completing art for contract, and he wanted to participate in helping design machines for the death in war. It's also seen by me as a way to work up the latter, because he had already began working up the ladder by getting inside of a guild which is not normally open for bastards. He had to get his daddy's friend to help him. Well, you know, it's a summertime, though. Well, you know, not a water, you know. Yeah. So, there were extremely light and travel-friendly, strong bridges in the designs that Leonardo da Vinci included in his letter along with mortars, which could shoot small stones like storms, raining down, emitting smoke, scaring the enemy, and catapults with a, you know, a braggadocious notion that they were extremely accurate, even though they were just designed on the piece of paper. Leonardo even included a covered assault cart, resembling something of a circus tent. He had a submarine. Jump up on the old here. He had a submarine. He did. He did design that, but I don't think this was included in the this letter. I know he did the scuba suit, but that was later. You think he know a scuba, Steve? 
Who's Scuba Steve? Scuba Steve is Scuba Stan's father. Who's Scuba Stan? You better look it up. I bet. But you can't just tell me. What if I did that? I said, hey, we're gonna cover Leonardo. Look him up. Yep, that's it. Well, that's what you did, so that's what they gonna do it. I did not do that. When did I do that? I went over, I've gone over 40 minutes here talking about Leonardo da Da Vinci. Did you mention he's a ninja turtle skills? You have lost me completely, John Papanito. What are you talking about? Oh, you know, he's a skilled as a ninja. Fake news. Fake. Oh, we know. Fake news. The more you say it, the less the true he is. Bah. No. The more you say a lie, the more people believe it. That's because people are dumb. Are you a person, John Papanito? You know damn well I'm not. Yeah. But for the listener's sake, I mean, could you at least play around and pretend you're a human? God damn it, I gotta delete this out now. John Papanito, here I think we should not tell them that uh, we are human. Why not? He's a fake news. The irony. So, you want to go back to topic? Back to topic. So, the description of this cart was that it was horse-drawn and pervious to attacks from enemy cannon fire. This cart also had a hand crank in there, drawn so that the two sets of wheels would actually turn in opposite directions. I think was a... I think it was a simple mistake, but some speculated as a way to keep his enemies from taking his information and drawing it and trying to work it out. But if they were that, you know, if they were that, you know, intuitive, they would probably be able to figure out how to get them both turning the same way. Then, of course, there were chariots with size, studded wheels, in a spinning helicopter-like apparatus in the front with four sides. The gear for this machine was called an upright lantern gear. Then there were drawings of enormous cannons with several people needed to operate the gun. Ooh. That was all said to be included in the letter. And no matter how extreme Leonardo was with his concepts of war, the Duke Pants of Milan decided to have Leonardo paint a portrait of his Mistress, this painting is one of the most famous of all, and is called The Lady with an Ermine. The grasp that Leonardo had on communicating body language is said to be considered by many as a breathtaking. Ooh, like COVID. COVID is a one of sexy beach. Don't you talk about my baby. First it's your room and now it's your baby. You're weird. You know what? He got mad at me because I shipped out the feces samples to Captain Grouch Gobbler because he used those to try to mutate. Then he pissed off me 
and I punched him right in his eyes. Then he jumped inside my bot. And that's how I got sick. John Papadino, he think you are full of shit. Yeah, I am actually. I have to go poop after this. So, the movement of the soul was in you the You're going to make a movement in a minute. You told us. You just told us you're going to make your own movement. The movement of expression. Of expression. Yeah, that's about what, right, you're going to do. You're going to express yourself right into the toilet. Yes, that is true. I am a dirty ape man. Anywho. According to Leonardo, the movement of the soul was in the eyes. He made the eyes appear better than they had appeared before Leonardo came around. When a Leonardo, when he do a movement, does he say a cha-cha-cha at the end? They did not say that in the documentary. I don't think so. Jump up and he pretend he did, because that's how funny. Like after he made the painting, he said cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha. So, if you look up New Age eye drawings and paintings, you will see more realistic approaches than Leonardo da Vinci did. And I would ask, is this truly genius? Or is this that education and the building up of techniques from hundreds of years of many laborious painters had helped form the New Age paintings? Jump up, Leo. He go to a modern uh, art museum at one time. It is, a, you know, a bunch of garbage. Well, you know, not all paintings Quite are... literally, there was a bunch of garbage. It was sitting in a pile, and somebody put down, this is an ass next to it. It was confusing. You know, maybe should take a picture of my bowel movement and say this is art. That's about all right, you millennial. Anywho... Ludovico Sforza was trying to build up his status for he was, uh, you know, usurping the succession of the ape-man standards of the time from his nephew, Jan. Meanwhile, Leonardo da Vinci was trying to work on his status. Even though he was a bastard, arrested for sodomy twice, Ludovico had Leonardo work on a statue for his horse, Oh, that's a gross. He committed a sodomy on this guy's horse? No, 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 no. He, he wanted to make a statue for Sforza man. So he could commit sodomy on the uh, statue? I don't know. Maybe. We'll never know. So? Bum, bum, bum. Even though not all horses have the same proportions, Leonardo spent time with a small, docile horse and measured the distances between the parts of the anatomy of the horse. I wonder how much time he spent on the ground, John Babanito, looking at the horse's packer. Well, he was probably on his knees. Yeah, probably. And then he was arrested for sodomy a third time. 
You think he played the rusty trombone on the horse? Jump up, you know, say no, because a trombone is none of that old. Okay. So Leonardo said the distance between the ears was believed to be equal to the length of the ears. Okaly-dokaly. While the ear length was thought to be one-fourth of the horse's whole face. And the horse statue was desired to have been the largest one anyone had ever seen. Do you think Mr. Doogie Face was attempting to compensate for something? That's a gross. What do you mean? You called him a Doogie Face. Why, yes. Yes, I did. Your face is made out of a dookie. That's a gross. Yeah, I guess so. You could say that. Some people didn't know he did say that. You know, uh, you know, after having to collect all those samples for last year for uh, Captain Grouch Cobbler, I kind of, I lacked the feeling of grossness when playing with my own boo. Oh, that's a weird too. Yeah. Well, anyways, I was saying that Captain Dookie Face was compensating for his uh, family's history since they were mercenaries. You know, everybody got to make a living. Very true. And some people have stigmas for their status. So they try to appear bigger and better to make their stigmas go away. Is that how like the orange or the blonde Cheeto? Oh, yes, yes, very much so. He is huge. He is quite, he's a quite fat, rotund bastard. You think, wait, you think his daddy had him with a mistress like Leonardo? Well, you never know. He got a bunch of kids with a mistresses too, you know. You know a lot about him. Are you spying on the Cheeto? No, everybody else does it for you. Oh. Anyways, over a dozen years later, Leonardo had spent all this time working on the structure. This statue was expected to have been made with 60 tons of bronze. During this, Leonardo worked on a lot of more... Wait, wait, wait. A sixty tons of a bronze? bronze. That's a lot of bitches. Bronze. Bronze, 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 bronze. Like copper. Back to the topic. During this, Leonardo worked on a lot more warfare tools, speculated to have filled more than 15,000 pages worth of notebook all throughout his life. All done from left to right in a mirror image of normal writing in his language with all sorts of speculations on why he did such. But the one that makes the most sense to me is that Leonardo da Vinci is said to have been left-handed, which would make sense why he wrote in this manner. Okay. During this time, when uh, Leonardo was working on all his uh, things for parties, including the horse, Leonardo took on a student named Giacomo, a boy of lower class. He uh, constructed contraptions for the dookie man's parties. And uh, the little boy ended up be call- being called 
Sally, or Sally, which was a name in Italian meaning little devil. This boy is said to have stayed with Leo for the rest of his life. Leo's life, that is. During the year 1483 in Milan, Leonardo the Tardo da Vinci unveiled his clay model of the compensation horse at the dinner party. In 1494, the Sforza joined forces with France. Unfortunately for da Vinci, the bronze that would have been used for the statue was then used for smelting tools of warfare. Oh, the irony! Leonardo wanted to become an engineer for war tools, but was put as an artist to have his own art stifled by war. Or you could call it a coincidence because Leonardo wanted to make weapons and the material he was using was ended up using for weapons. Uh, whoa, what a coincidence. You wanted to do that? Oh, we're doing that too. Ha ha ha. Luckily, Dookie Pants assigned Leonardo a commission for a painting of a mural in the court church of Santa Maria de la Garcia. More than three years were spent on this mural, where Leonardo failed to meet deadlines. The name of this painting was The Last Supper. This painting was made with a newer technique with oil in the paint, which ended up corroding decades later, making the painting look like a dookie. Another interesting turn of events had a new king of France, Charles VIII. Da Vinci's clay horsey is said to have been used as target practice by the French when they took over Milan. So Leonardo ended up leaving Milan. A description for Leo's notebook or in Leo's notebook, in regards to patience being like warm clothes to the cold, for patience will give a person peace of mind over struggles they have been pushed into. Yes, yes, tell that to the terminally ill patients, or those starving around the planet. Go ahead, you know, just have a little patience. It'll be good for you. That will solve all your problems. Right, John Bobanito? You know, you just have a little patience. Yeah, you, I know you You have a distended belly because you haven't eaten anything. But uh, you just wait. There'll be someone coming around the corner when they come. Oh, John Bobanito, he'll see what you did there. Yeah? What I do? You did a back of the topic. Oh, back of the topic. One place Leonardo da Vinci went to was Venice to see the Duke head there. This is thought to be where Leonardo showed a diving suit with scuba gear attached, which means self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. This, along with a self-propelled vehicle and flying inventions, were also shown. Venice turned down Leo's conceptual drawings. 
His engineering ideas were viewed as suspicious since Leonardo was a foreigner in Venice. So he did what many people do when they don't feel welcome when they move to a new place. He went back home to Florence in 1501. While there, the ego of Leonardo was damaged by the one called Michelangelo. Da Vinci put in notes talking shit on Michelangelo, saying that he looked like a baker, for he was covered in dust, laboring, while an artist, according to Leonardo, is supposed to have been laid back, chilling out and listening to some tunes. Jealousy of Leonardo had Leonardo talking shit to Michelangelo in the street. He also described many of the drawings of Leonardo to look like a bag full of walnuts. The anatomy was incorrect according to Leonardo. Leonardo was angry, very angry, and it's no surprise where he went to next, John Babanito. He went to see Cesare Borgia. You ever heard of this dude? No, is he, he, we talk about him on next week, maybe? No, no, I don't think so. Next week I'm going to talk about exactly why we're talking about Leonardo. We're going to go more detail into his uh, anatomy and what he found out and was stifled by. That's a nice. Yeah, damn right. So, Borgia is portrayed as a cold, power-hungry ape-man, accused of many acts, John Papinito, such as murder of his own family members. Even speculated is that Machiavelli's book is believed to have Cesare Borgia used as the primary prince, for he was seen as this perfect sapien of the homo warlord who could achieve some illusion of unification of an entire geographic area called Italy. Towers, trenches, and weapons and fortifications were designed by Leonardo for Cesare Borgia. Along with... Fortifications? Maybe. I mean, you know, he could have done sodomy. Who knows? I said fortifications, though. Oh, jump up on the all. He uh, hears something different. Yeah? He's okay. You can uh, keep talking. So Cesare and Leonardo fornicated. God damn it, you got me saying that now. But... Oh, jump up on the all. He know you said it the first time. Sodomy, fornication, unification, masturbation, mastication. Along with this, maps with a bird's view were used designed by Leonardo himself to travel and conquer well. They arrived earlier than what was expected by the enemy, making them surprise the enemy. Three captains, then, later on, under Cesare, were killed by Cesare's orders. Ooh. One of those captains was a close friend to Leonardo. So, Leonardo said, fuck you, I'm gone. He probably didn't say that, but he probably just left. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. According to the BBC documentary in 1503, our eight men of primary interest went back to Florence in hopes for a more kinder force of humanity rather than the one he thronged himself into. 
This is where it's said that Leonardo began his most famous work of them all, John Papanito. Can you name that? You know the Mona Lisa? The Moaning Lisa? Oh, oh, Cork, Cork. Cork, Cork. Hello? Who is that? It's me, the Morning Lisa. Oh, Morning Lisa, how you doing? Jump up a little. Who the fuck are you talking to? Well, I got. Uh oh. They said there were weird mental side effects to COVID. That's true. They say this. You were not there with the Morning Lisa? No. Jump up a little. He's at a home in the Morning Lisa. She, uh, you know. He's in some kind of a museum. It's called the Louvre. Oh, we spoke about that on another episode. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if this is your first episode, we talked about a lot of crazy shit in the past. It's true. More very true. Back to topic. So? The Mona Lisa was painted. Began with Leonardo began painting the Mona Lisa. Leonardo indicates that people were more beautiful at dusk, so he made the smoky effect, where uh, he's credited for starting this sort of style. A human being who's credited for making a biography of Leonardo named Vasari identified Mona Lisa as Mona Lisa Giocondo. Or Gioconda. Giagranava. Granola. Granola. She was the groaning, moaning Lisa. Whoa. Yeah. Anyways, Lisa was a wife of a merchant, according to Vasari. It's commonplace for people to state that no one knew who she was, or if she even existed. It's also said that Vasari never saw the painting itself. While Leonardo never left a clue. But I would like to take a note that maybe not all of Leonardo's stuff made it through the times. And take it for as you should take words spoken out of a Sabine of the homo's mouth. Perhaps Vasari had a notebook of Leonardo. Maybe it indicated the full name. And maybe, maybe Vasari jerked off onto it and got upset because it smeared the words. You is a pervert. Yeah, his ink was not so good. No, I, if it's anything like his oil-based painting for The Last Supper, whew. No, somebody gotta take photos when you eat dinner. Yeah, he yeah. Did a photo Instagram. Yeah, you imagine Leonardo doing Instagram? It'd probably be really a creepy. You know... If you watch a Star Trek of Voyager, they bring a Leonardo da Vinci in to some of the episodes using the holodeck. Oh, I remember the holodeck. Yeah, you have a holodeck, we know. Anyway, it's a very interesting to see how they portray this guy. Why you tell everybody about my specimen apparatus? Don't you know, here just to do things. He don't know why. Ah, okay. So what's, what, what were you talking about this hollow deck for? 
I rudely interrupted you. He said, okay, he said, okay, he said, you know, go on, back on the topic. Okay. And perhaps the pupil of uh, Da Vinci, you know, little devil, Sally, he knew and uh, knew the name of Mona Lisa. And perhaps, uh, you know, something got lost along the way. I mean, there's 500 years there. Another story behind this painting of the Mona Lisa is that Leonardo never quit working on this painting itself. And this is because they failed to bring up any indication that he finished the painting. So I I guess anybody painting out there better write the word done on it just so they have no more stories to go by. That's all right. You gotta tell people when you are done. Yeah, you can't just be finished and be satisfied and leave it in the corner of a room. So anyways, while completing his painting, Leonardo designed flying machines with wings that move up and down like a bird wings and a helicopter that looked like a corkscrew for its blades. Later, Leonardo came to the realization that the single fixed wing was a good idea rather than the flapping wings. And there's also speculation, a story if you will, that they actually tried to construct one of those flapping wing machines and the person got injured. So, this is one a major point in the documentary I watched, where they talked about Leonardo said that they will prove flight possible for humans. It took a long time before they finished that one. This was yet another failing part of Leonardo's life. He turned to anatomy of the human body later, since the magical ban on human dissection was finally lifted. In the year 1506, Leonardo found a 100-year-old dying man and asked the old guy if he could cut him up. The old man had said to have agreed, and in 1507, Leonardo did just this and had a finding while he dissected the heart of this sapien of the homo. He found that an artery had plaque buildup in there, also known as arteriosclerosis. Leonardo thought this was the cause of death, since later on he ended up dissecting a human fetus, and it drew about it, and it exists. He noticed the difference between the fetal heart and the old man's heart. Unfortunately, although many of his his anatomical drawings were accurate, the one of the female reproductive organs was inaccurate. That's kind of odd, huh, John Papanito? No, because if you can't do a human dissection, you can't do it. Yeah, but he was accurate from a lot of human dissection. But when it came to female reproductive organs, he was inaccurate. Well, maybe, you know, he was doing a sodomy. Yeah, I was thinking this could have been a lack of his desire to focus on those body parts. That was my correlation sensation. Anywho, in 1510 and 1513, according to LiveScience.com, Leonardo performed a, this dissection of the dead and once pregnant sapien of the homo. But by 1517, King Francis I of France invited Leonardo along with his two assistants. Two? What the fuck? They only mentioned one until they started talking about this part. Now, of course, we already know about Sally, but there was a second one. And the second one's name was Francesco Melzi. 
Now this has been a testing week. Testing, testing, testies. Because the last portion of this episode, which isn't very long, was uh, corrupted. Yes. It sounded like 8-bit music for some old gaming system. It sounded like... Lick my balls. That's exactly how it sounded. Yup. So, on top of that, we had many sources that uh, did not uh, go into much detail on uh, Leonardo's life, even though it was a BBC documentary. Ugh, the BBC. Always shoving its a big member in my face. Pui. And on top of which, nobody else is with me to do this. Why? Because I got this uh, after the available date to record this episode. So bye-bye, John Papinito. Have a good one. Ma. So, these three individuals all live together in the royal chateau in Cloud. Leonardo's last years were spent as what one would call a court genius. <laughs> Could have been called a court wizard because I recently learned something new about Leonardo da Vinci which is that he was accused of uh, unseemly actions in perhaps witchcraft when he went back to Rome. Oh, yeah. When he was there from 1513 to 1516. But that will be covered on part two next week, huh? So, anywho. Leonardo's latest years were spent as that court genius, like I said. And at the age of 65, Leonardo had a stroke. No, not the one you may be thinking of since he had those two little boy toys. No, no, no. And after Leonardo's brain stroke, he was unable to work anymore. Poor Leonardo. So, when Leonardo finally kicked a bucket, when he was 67, Melzi, the guy we only spoke about for a brief moment, and was spoken about only for a brief moment on the big bla- I mean, BBC, was the most trusted companion for Leonardo. Perhaps Melzi had something that Sally would not be able to provide for Leonardo. I wonder what it would be. I wonder. In his life, Leonardo started to have a more focus on engineering rather than art and painting by the BBC while most people know him for painting and sculpting. And uh, I would say that he spent most of his time writing and drawing, since he has uh, 15,000 pages of notebooks. Also spent a lot of time on a mule, traveling up and down the boot of Italy. Yep. He also said he was not a man of many letters, but his 15,000 notebooks said otherwise. I mean, 15,000 pages said otherwise. And he also became so socially influential amongst the political powers. So what's that? Huh? Anywho, next episode we'll cover why we're even covering Leonardo da Vinci. Ugh. And if you like this episode, and I bet you will, follow us on social media. Like and subscribe. Go to the Tick of Talk and look for Gork Mouth. Um, yeah. That's G-O-R-K. M-O-U-T-H-E-D. How hard is it for people to spell that? Then look up 
the correlation sensation on both Twitter and Instagram, and even a gork mouth on face fuck your mom book. And that's about it. Yeah, like, subscribe, and share. And if you want a free t-shirt, you're more than welcome to have it. I have a new TikTok video of me ripping out my squirrel hunter sack, which was really painful, and me ripping out my rope, and also the fuzz in between my rope and my sack. Check that out. I leave in peace.
Anyway, 